This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. You're listening to the West AMY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. It wasn't a great performance at St Mary's, but it was a clean sheet, a point away from home, and an unbeaten record still intact. We'll be talking about the performance, a debut for Vlasic, Mickey's suspension, more criticism for Dawson, and Dynamo Zagreb on Thursday. X will be giving us his weekly update before we end the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. We both called a win at St Mary's. We didn't get one. How do you feel about the performance and the result? Um, result okay because at the end of the day, we wanted. We both thought we'd win. I guess if we're going to achieve anything this year, this is the sort of games that we should be looking to win. But a, a draw away from home in the Premier League is not not the end of the world. But performance wasn't particularly great, was it? But I'm, I'm not sure how much of that was down to us not being that good or Southampton setting up incredibly defensive. Mm. Also, I think Antonio looks pretty exhausted from his uh, midweek exploits and stuff. So it, it wasn't the best performance really. And I guess if you'd said to me at the start, it would be a point. Well, so probably been a little bit disappointed. I wouldn't be gutted. So that's kind of how I feel now, really. Oh yeah. I mean, I still feel very positive about the start we've made to, to still be undefeated. And it's a clean sheet away from home. A point away from home is never a bad point. I still feel very positive on the back of what was a good transfer window as well. Um, I feel good. I feel really good. And I enjoyed the day out as well. At Southampton. Oh, yeah. I mean, the game was, let's be honest, it's 
painfully boring to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, it was. But it, it was a good laugh. I can't even remember anything about the game, really. To be <laughs> like, I, remember, I remember like odd bits and stuff. Like, and I can remember like about four or five highlights. But yeah, certainly the the pre-match games was more fun than the actual game it, itself. Yeah. And yes, yeah, another quality away. I mean, Southampton is always a great away day because it's you know only like an hour and fifteen minutes on the train from London, and uh, you know grounds good to get to. It's a good you're right, sort of by Southampton town centre as well. You have to walk through it so it is, it is a good atmosphere at Southampton I do like it yeah yeah I tell you what a smart little stadium that as well you know I think I yeah, quite like that St Mary's. I, I must admit, I prefer the Dell. I mean, I, mm. I never went there. No, prob- not many people probably did, but I'm not, not sort of any younger than us. But um, it was it was just full of character. It's such a mm. random stadium. I mean, like, do you remember that stand they had behind the goal that used to be like one row of one, then then <laughs> a, a row of two, and then a row of three? And it used to sort of go bigger and bigger and bigger, like a fucking triangle. <laughs> it was just so so random. But uh, yeah, no, it was it, it's, it's a decent stadium. I, I like the fact that it's you know it's quite I guess for if you're OCD it's quite a good state because it kind of all fits together nicely and stuff um, but I don't think yeah. it is a- that's that's the thing with me by the way I yeah. am quite OCD like that in terms of symmetrics and all that kind of stuff so I think in that respect I know it's quite I don't know what the capacity is at St Mary's do you I would guess about 30,000 I would yeah. guess I, don't, I think it's a neat little stadium there I, I like it I yeah, like it. it just doesn't have much character for me. I prefer the sort of old stadiums that have got more character, yeah. like, you know, Goodison Park and Anfield. I mean, I know it's been redeveloped and stuff, but it's obviously got that character. And Old Trafford, again, redeveloped at James's Park. You know, I sort of like those stadiums, even Selhurst Park, even though it's a bit of a shithole. It's like it's got mm. character and stuff. Southampton looks nice and does the job and stuff. And as I said, a great away day, but I know in the stadium, it's got a huge amount of character, really. But in terms of its actual, like you said, it's sort of pleasing on the eye. And it's actual fundamentals. Mm. It's a lot better than the Dell in terms of quality of stadium. It just doesn't have the, the character, I don't think. Yeah. But in terms of the game itself, I mean, it was a game of chess, really, wasn't it? I mean, I don't think either side were that good in the final third, especially. I mean, we seemed a bit lacklustre in our general play. I did think some of the boys looked tired. Antonio, especially, you're right. I mean, this new commitment to Jamaica ain't ideal for us, is it? No, not at all. It's really frustrating, actually, to be honest with you. And the the thing is, it's quite annoying because I don't mean to be disrespectful for Jamaica. And obviously, it's a great country of great um, history and so on. But in terms of football, you know, yes, they were once upon a time, they were quite good. When they got some World Cup, the reggae boys, and were quite mm. good in that tournament. But you look at them, I mean, I can't remember what the result was, but they lost 3-0 to someone tiny and you know they've got again no disrespect but they've got Blair Tuggett who was a West Ham youngster a decent player <laughs> a decent lad but mm. is playing non-league football and stuff and that's the quality mm. of player and you kind of think it's great that he wants to represent his country and you know although obviously he tried to represent England originally um, mm. it is great and I understand why and you know you get one career it's nice to make your family proud to play for your country and stuff but for us from a selfish West Ham point of view there's no benefit of it whatsoever. It's not like, you know, if he was going off to play for 
I know, so it's, take Sebastian, Sebastian Allaire, for example. He switched from being a French international to an Ivory Coast international, didn't he, whilst he was at West Ham? And um, I actually thought that was a good thing for him because, yes, Ivory Coast, again, is not the sort of top standard of football. They're a decent African team that are going to play some decent competition. So if he could get some goals down there, it's going to do him a load of good. Whereas Antonio played for Jamaica against whoever it was, didn't score. I just don't think there's going to be a huge amount of benefit from travelled halfway around the world, played on pitches that were probably not saturated like they are in the Premier League because of the different climates and stuff. I just, I mean, his hamstrings, you know, it's, it's not ideal really at all. No. I wish, I wish there was a way of stopping him, but obviously there isn't. So. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be careful when I say this, right? Because this might come across in the wrong way, but. You know, Mickey's obviously got his reasons and he's got Jamaican heritage and whoever that heritage relates to, I'm sure would or will be very proud. But it's not as if you're going to play for a country that is going to really feature in major tournaments. It's not as if you're going to try and compete for trophies at international level. It's not as if, with respect, and this is where I've got to be a bit careful, playing for Jamaica carries a hell of a lot of esteem, you know? Yeah. Um, And... I don't know. Mickey, he knows his own body and he must know his own capabilities. And was he really that desperate to play for Jamaica? I mean, I'm sure he'd much rather have played for England and it's taken him to the twilight years of his career to realise he wants to commit to Jamaica. And I wouldn't normally have any issue with it whatsoever. It's only because this is so detrimental to West Ham. And I just think it's detrimental to us for what reward, really, for Mick, you know? Mm, and I that's agree. what I find quite frustrating. Um, but listen, it's his decision. It's fuck all to do with me. It's his decision, but it is a little bit annoying, if I'm honest. I guess, I guess if you try and look at it from his perspective, and I do agree with what you're saying next, I feel like that as well. If you try and look from his perspective, I guess, like you said, it is the country of his, uh, at least one of his parents' um, origins, possibly two, I'm not sure. Um, and he... Um, if he goes on to be a Jamaican legend, which I mean, he hasn't got much time to sort of get there at the moment, but if he did, I guess it'd be nice for him to, if he ever returned to Jamaica, to, to be able to say that, you know, he was there, one of their international goal scorers in football. And obviously football is very popular in Jamaica. And you think, I know it's a completely different sport, but you think how much of a legend Usain Bolt is, and rightly so, because he's like the world's greatest ever. That's uh, probably the most glamorous athlete event um and so but it, it would be good for him and anyone of any country really even if it's like a i don't know a small island somewhere if you can be like known to have represented your country really really well it's great to be so it's something to be very proud of but yeah from a from a west ham perspective there's real really not any benefit at all i don't think all it is is detrimental i would say well, it is. And what's interesting in Antonio's case is that he has to be preserved and managed more so than most athletes at this level, I think, given yeah. the, the weaknesses that he has. And I do think him playing so close to Southampton um, affected his game. And mm. I, I wonder at what point, if this continues to be the case, Moyes is going to refuse him going to Jamaica. I don't think he could. Well, is he not within his rights to do that, though? I don't think so. You'd cause all sorts of issues. You'd get a fine and all sorts of issues. Oh, really? That. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they've certainly, if it's a um, 
what's it called? An actual international qualifier. I think you'd be in big trouble if you started to do that from friendlies. I mean, I know, you know, it's quite Alex Ferguson, for example, was quite famous for it, wasn't he, when he was Man United uh, manager for getting all the all of these stars um, to sort of pull out with a slight hamstring injury or whatever when it was an international friendly. Um, I don't think, I don't think boys would be able to stop him if they call him up for it. I think it would be like reprimands and stuff. Mm. Well, Antonio is now suspended, which mm. is a big kick in the bollocks for us. I mean, the question is, what do we do now? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it will obviously be the false nine, and it's just who you play there. I mean, I thought Flasic was one of the positives. I yes. thought he, he came on and showed some good touches and mm. seemed confident and seemed like he could run with the ball well and get into good positions and so on. So you, you could argue he could be the forward, which would be a quite tough to do when he's obviously new at a club and it's not his natural position and so on. He's tried bowing up there before. You could do that. Yarmolenko's played up there before, plays up there for his country. Um, even Ben Rama, possibly, you could use as a, as a forward. Um, so I guess they're the options, and Moyes will know in training which of those options are the better one in in my head at the moment and, and this isn't one I probably would have thought a little while ago but in my head and I think the best thing what I would do is I would put Flasic into Ben Rama's position and put Ben Rama up front I think and I'm not yeah. convinced that that's the right decision I'm not convinced at all but Ben Rama's on a bit of a has been on form. So he's got confidence. He's proven he can finish. I think when he was at Brent um, Ford, he played quite a few times as a sort of attacker off the attacker. So I think if you played him up there, it'd be quite good. It was also for unpredictability, you know, against Manchester United's defence. At the moment, they're not going to know which one we're going to go with because I would imagine he'll possibly, although I can't say for certain, I'd imagine now that Antonio's suspended, he'll play Antonio against um, Zagreb on Thursday. So mm. um, Solskjaer won't be able to predict who West Ham are going to play up front. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. I think it is, it's quite important to sort of keep it quite quiet because if you play Ben Rama, Bowen, um, Flasic or... Um, who was the other one? I said Yarmolenko. They're all very, very different in terms of what they could offer to the forward position. So it'd be it'd be quite an unknown. And for me, I think it's I would go between Ben Rama and Bowen. And I think I'm just edging towards Ben Rama purely because it's not been done before. And I'd be interested to see what he can do. And I don't I want to bring Flasic into the team, but I don't want to drop Ben Rama. So that's the like the solution to that for this game. Yeah. No, I can see what you're saying. It makes sense. I mean, my gut feeling is to go with Bowen up front because I actually do think he could lead the line really well. Uh, I think he's an absolute workhorse. I think one of the hardest working players we've got, hands yeah. down. I love his work rate. So for that reason, I think he could defend from the front. I think it'd be a nuisance for defenders. So then I would bring Vlasic in to that midfield. What I don't know and what I'm still learning, and maybe you can enlighten me on this, is just how much versatility Vlasic has in that midfield. Is he a central midfielder? Is he a number 10? Can he play on the wing? 
I think he's predominantly in the centre, but I think he has played on the wing um, at previous times as well. I think he's a bit like all of those players that we've got for mm. now. Ben Rama, Bowen um, himself, Lingard when we had him, you know, that could that could switch uh, between a variety of positions. I guess Lanzini you could possibly say that about as well. So, yeah, I think I think... He could do either the wing or the forward position or the or the central um, position as well. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean that that's a solution that comes to my mind anyway. That's Isn't it funny that, it. that we don't we just don't consider Lanzini now? He's not like Obra. He's just really far down on the pecking order, isn't he? Mm, really, then mm. I know. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point because it's funny with Manu as well because he went from being incredible at West Ham to really poor for a couple of seasons after his injury. So then actually showing signs of adding value to West Ham again. But because mm. of our recruitment, he, he does just find himself low in that pecking order now. And if I'm honest, X, rightfully so. Not yeah. necessarily because he's doing anything wrong. I just think the players that we brought in are, are, are so solid, you know? Mm. And I think he seems, when he started to do well again, it was more of a kind of central midfielder, wasn't it? Like, yes, at the moment, yeah. yeah, and you're not going to drop Suchek or Rice. So no. I think that's possibly why he allowed Coventry to go, because he's obviously got Noble. And I think he's thinking he's got Lanzini. And what he, I think, Moyes is, thought process was well let's get Coventry out on loan to, to Peterborough get him a series a season experience then obviously Noble Noble retires at the end of the season Lanzini's going to be about 29-30 so Connor will have hopefully benefited from a year's worth of experience then can start to take over from these players although I don't know if you saw the score for Peterborough at the weekend but they lost um, 6-2 to Sheffield United oh, wow did they Connor, yeah Connor played the full 90 minutes but I'm not sure how he did or not because I've not asked anyone, but that's you know, a, a tough welcoming into the into the championship, and they're one from bottom at the moment, Peterborough. So, be interested oh. to see what kind of experience he gets there. Really, yeah, absolutely. Well, one player that's come under fire again is Craig Dawson. I mean, mm. when you look at his game, I sadly, from what you can remember, <laughs> um, do you agree with that? Um, I I think personally now now that we've got Zuma. It is the right time for Dawson to go onto the subs bench, and you can take that as harsh, you can take that as not harsh. It depends which way I argue it. But what I am going to say is, I think people are being very harsh on him, saying he's, you know, crap and he shouldn't be anywhere near the team. That is harsh because last season he proved he can play well. This season, I don't think he was terrible against Southampton. There was a couple of times where I thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, really high in the mouth moments. Um, and, and he's probably the centre back out of the two of them, out of Ogbonna and him, that I trust the least. And so, um, so for me, I think it's harsh, very, very harsh that fans are on his back already, but, but. On the flip side, I would bring Zuma in for him now. I'll have Zuma and Ogbonna as our two centre-backs. Yeah. Well, I actually think that his treatment's been a bit harsh. I will say that I, I think he he's shown more vulnerability this season than he did consistently over last season. And I think he, he can be exposed more than we would like. But I still think the criticism at times is really harsh towards Craig. That, that said, that said... I would be shocked and confused if from the next game onwards, Zuma doesn't come in for him. Mm. Although he kept a clean sheet. So well, he, it, it, he, he did, but then, you know, I, I know what you're saying. He, he did keep a clean sheet. He was part of that defence. But then at times, 
I think he, he did show some vulnerabilities against Southampton. Yeah, I mean, I'm just being devil's advocate. I agree. Mm. I would drop Dawson, but it is a bit odd to not like I'm saying you make it odd because I'm I'm agreeing with you. But the timing of it to drop the centre back on a back of a clean sheet, but it's what I've always said to you before, mate. And I, I don't know what it is, but West Ham fans seem very very quick to get on the back of English players. I don't honestly throughout our recent years, you think about it, you know, obviously Dawson's the next one, Andy Carroll's had. It, Kevin Nolan's had it, Mark Noble's had it, Aaron Cresswell's had it, Antonio even had it at times. Um, you know, the, throughout our history, English players get a lot of stick from our fans for some reason. And if he was, like I say, Craigillo Dorsini or something, he probably would <laughs> yeah. have a, a bit more protection, in my opinion. I don't know what it is. But anyway, that said, I do agree that I think Zuma needs to come in. Now, when you've when you've spent 30 million on a centre-back that's a French international, 26, so he's at his peak, pl- played... Um, and won the Champions League, the league, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and went against someone that's played for Watford and West Brom and been relegated twice. You only have to look at their previous careers prior to coming to West Ham to know that Zuma's probably a better player, even just on paper. But I know he's a better player because I've seen him play for Chelsea many times. So I think in order to have the strongest team possible, I think it is now time. But with Dawson on the subs bench. I'm happy with that. I think mm. that's a great defender to have on the bench. It almost reminds me a little bit of when James Collins was on the subs bench and I was kind of happy, you know, 70th minute, 75th minute or whatever, when you're looking to close a game out that you're winning, bring on another centre-back. Um, when it was Ginge, I was happy. And I think I'm happy the same that it's Dawson. I think he's a good player to have in the squad, a good mm. squad player. Yeah, I agree with that. And a good lad as well, ex-bowler counts. Yeah. He's got lights in the dressing room, has he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's popular, yeah. very popular. That's important as well. Uh, who was your man of the match? Uh, oh, tough. A tough one to call that, to be honest with you. Um, I think... I wouldn't say anyone was on top of their game. Um, uh, but if I'm ha- if I have to, I mean, Declan broke up a few attacks. I wouldn't even say by his standard, he was man- like he was that great. But compared to everyone else, I would say he was up there. I think Bowen worked very very hard for mm. the time that he was on. Obviously, he got subbed off, but he was working really hard at those times. So one of those two. Uh, um, let's go with. Um, let's go Bowen because I don't think Declan was was it was his best game. Whereas for Bowen, he was he worked very hard. He probably our most um, best opportunities came from good work from him. So we go Bowen, but I'm not saying it was a great performance for either. Mm. Well, we put it to the Patreons vote, and in third place was a tie between Fournells and Vlasic. With six percent, flashes. Yeah, he only played twenty minutes. I was like, but well, that, yeah. that sums it up, doesn't it? Well, it does. It, I think it sums up that it was a, a relatively bad day at the office for West Ham. But also, to be fair, how good he did look when he came on. Yeah, I mean, true, you're true. absolutely right. I mean, his movement, um, his his first touch. I, I don't think you put a foot wrong. I don't think you could have done a hell of a lot more with what was around him on that day, to be honest. I was quite impressed with him. You know, in terms of first impressions, because everyone's looking at him and they, when they come, he comes on. Yeah. And uh, I liked him. I liked him a lot. And I'm still learning about him because I knew nothing about him before he came to West Ham. But I'm I'm excited by everyone's excitement and hopefully we'll see good things from him, Vlasic. Mm-hmm. Um, second place was Declan with right. 29% of the vote. 
and in first place was Jared Bowen with oh, 49%. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think possibly from my perspective, the percentages between Deck and Jared probably could have been a bit closer, but I do agree with that ranking. Yeah, um, yeah. And I go back to saying, you know, Jared, his work rate. I don't think it does get overlooked. I think West Ham fans do appreciate work rate because we have done throughout our history as a fan base. We certainly don't don't overlook that. But, you know, I, I do hear some people talk about Jared maybe as, as the one being replaced if, if one of these new boys come in. And for me, Jared's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet because he's just an absolute workhorse and you can't put a price on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm happy. Four games gone, no defeats, sixth in the league, decent transfer window, European football on Thursday. So you won't hear any complaints from me at the moment. No. But let's talk about Dynamo Zagreb on Thursday. So it's the start of a campaign that we've all been really looking forward to. Do we have any clue what to expect in general, whether it's from Zagreb, team selection, tactical approach, how Moyes feels about maybe using some of the kids on what will be a very tough night for West Ham, I think? I would say it'd be a mixture of subs players and first team players. I don't think he'll throw kids in. I don't know. I have no idea at this point what he's going to do. Obviously, the players haven't trained today. Um, so we're, we're still the last I heard about setup and tactics and stuff was around the Southampton game, which um, obviously we shared on Patreon and shared correctly again. Um, it's... Uh, Hard to say, really, but for me, if I was if I was picking the team, I think I would alternate quite a lot. But I would alternate with players that um, that are good enough to come in. So I would put Ariola in goal because I think it, he needs to start getting some first team experience. Arguably, I'd put him in goal from from now onwards. But certainly now, I'd put him in goal. I'd put Fredericks at right back. I'd have um, Diop and Zuma at centre-back. I'd have Masuaku if he's fit, or Johnson at left-back. So that's completely changed the keeper in the centre-back, in the defence there. I, in fact, I'm pretty much changing the whole team. I'd have Noble and Crow in midfield. Um, and then I'd have um, Lanzini, possibly, Yarmolenko, and who else is on the bench? I've got uh, Flasic, um, and then Antonio up front, I think. And that's what I would do. And I would use it as a chance to wrestle these players. I definitely wouldn't play Declan. And I know that sounds controversial because Declan's obviously our best player and our captain. Um, and I think it's probably quite looking forward to playing Europa football. But at the end of the day... Um, it's we got Man United on Sunday, and I think Declan's played all those games for England. I would use it as a chance not to play him. I mean, mm. the, it's it's difficult because you could argue that Dynamo are probably the, our best like opposition. They're probably mm. the second best team in the group. So, do you put a stronger team against them, and then the home games against like Vienna and? Um, uh, Gink, you might you might alternate the team a bit more, but it's it's really hard. But the reason I'm doing this is I don't want to change the team to make it weaker. But all these players that are on the fringe should be good enough to come in yeah. and play well. Yeah, well, you'd like to think so, but to be honest with you, because I don't know too much about Zagreb, I don't really know what to expect from them. Well, they're top um, of the league in Croatia. Yeah, they they are. know that much. Yeah, yeah and I well, think they're. Well, thanks to our friends at Wikipedia, <clears throat> I can tell you that Zagreb are the most successful club in Croatian football. They've had 22 league titles, 16 Croatian Cups, 
and six Croatian Super Cups. And to this day, they are the only Croatian side to win a European trophy, beating Leeds in the final of the Intercities Fairs Cup back in 1967. So I, I don't know. I mean, my European knowledge is awful, X. So I, I really don't know what to expect from them. You're right. Do you want to put out your best players and it's overkill when you're risking injuries or suspensions or, and burnouts, whatever it may be. But then there is an argument to say, I think Thursday is going to be our toughest game in the group. Yeah. I mean, realistically, West Ham needs to, you can finish first or second in this group to get yeah. through, right? If we win all of our home games, that's nine points. Even if we lose against Zagreb, if we don't lose against Genk or um, uh, Vienna away, then um then we'll go through in either first or second. Yeah, true. So so you can look at it that way. And the fact we got Man United on Sunday, so two days after, and they're going all the way to Croatia as well. It's not like mm. you're going to, you know, the Genk game, for example, where it's a lot closer. Uh, it's not that different going to Croatia. It's not like miles away. It's like you're going to the other end of Russia, but it's still further. And it's a different kind of climate as such to ours. I, I just think the likes of, you know, I don't know, like someone like say someone like Lanzini or whoever, Diop or, or whatever, if they don't get playing in these games, then when are they gonna play? So mm. in order to keep their match fitness, then I would do this. Obviously, once we get for people will slate me for this, they'll say it's put your strongest team out. But what I would say is, yeah, I agree, but hopefully we'll get through this group, be able to do this. And then when you get through to the next rounds. And you're playing one-off, you know, two-leg ties against, um, you know, the likes of Napoli, Lazio, German, Spanish, French teams, those that have dropped out of the Champions League and stuff, then you play your best team. Yeah, but then you are, correct me if I'm wrong, likely to avoid those sort of fixtures in the early stages after qualification if you win the group. True, true. And, but I still think we should be able to win the group. Mm. You know, if you think about it, like if you pick these players that are going to come in for us, you pick any of them. So you pick like, like say, Diop or Lanzini or Yarmolenko or whatever. If we was to give any of those players to Dino Zagreb, you'd like to think they'd get in their team. So, mm. so the fact is, they've surely got to be good enough. The only slight risk you have is that when you obviously alternate or change a squad that much, they've got no experience of playing with each other. But it is a close knit squad. They do get on very, very well. It's not like these players haven't played for West Ham before. Mm. Every single one you're bringing in, you know, you're bringing in Noble, you know, the most experienced West Ham player in recent you know, generations. Then you bring in Lanzini, who's been here five, six years. Diop, been here three or four years. Frederick's roughly the same. You know, you're talking, you're not bringing in people that, that don't know the club and youngsters and stuff like that. You're bringing in experienced internationals. I mean, I actually think someone like Yarmolenko in this kind of tie, you know, bearing in mind he's Eastern European, you know, he's played in Ukrainian leagues, he's played in the German leagues and stuff. I actually think his experience, and he's played obviously a lot of international European football. I think his experience of that will actually be very beneficial for us mm. in the Europa League. So mm. bringing someone like him in, I wouldn't want Yarmolenko to play against Manchester United, but play against Zagreb, I I don't feel as worried about that. No. Do you know one player I'd like to see more of, and, and I've been sort of semi-campaigning to see more of this player for a long time now, 
I'm, I'm not campaigning for him to start over the players that we've got now, but certainly in games like this, I'd love to see more of Mazuaku in an attacking position. Mm, I well, really would. He could be available for this. I mean, he's, he was close to being on the bench um, for the game yesterday, so he could be available. You could play Mazuaku. And again, I think you're right. He would probably be a very good player to, to play in this sort of game. It's just mm. quite how fit he is. I'm not sure, but I, I would... I would alternate quite a lot, and I know what people are going to say. You play your best team in this game, but I just think uh, yeah, can, no, I, I, don't know I just that. think you can still get through these stages with alternating it. And like I said, if we were playing you know, Napoli or whatever, I wouldn't do that. But against these three teams, and I know again we've came unstuck. We've done it in the cups and lost to lesser teams. But that when we did that, for example, against Wimbledon in the cup, we brought in the likes of. Perez, of, didn't we, I think, from memory, mm. and players that weren't, you know, particularly ex- like experienced and also probably didn't want to play at Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon, whereas mm. the Europa League, people want to play at that. So I think, I think the players will play better. Yeah, and plus, obviously, you're talking about domestic cups in England. If you lose, you're out. It's as simple as that. Whereas yeah. if we was to lose one or two in this competition, we could still go through. So, yeah, no, I, I think... I think a, I think you're right. A strong enough side to to beat Zagreb. I'm looking at the squad. We should be able to do that. No problem. I, I tell you what, it's going to be an incredible experience for the players and the fans going there because you know it's it's a lively place. I mean, it's more fucking yeah. flares than a fucking seventies disco, isn't there? You know, it's uh, <laughs> it is lively. And uh, but do you know what? On a serious note, if you are going to Zagreb. Do keep your wits about you and look after yourself because they're not the friendliest bunch of fans. The old bad blue boys, as they're known. Is that how they didn't know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, and I've seen some videos that are a little bit tasty. So, yeah, I agree. Just just be a bit careful out there. I mean, there's probably something going there for that sort of thing. But if you're not, just try and, yeah, just keep, keep your wits about you and don't go um, shouting out your English and the West Ham fan when they're, when they're around, I guess. But uh, it should be a great day. I'm gutted that I can't go. Gutted that I can't mm. go to the other two as well. But mm. hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, if we get through to the next stages, you and I will be there in um, in 2022. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It'd just be our fucking luck now to finish bottom of the group. Oh, it'd it? be so typical because even <laughs> even if we finish third, we go to the conference league. So, yeah, I know. So, I know. so it wouldn't be the end of the world. But God, if we finish fourth, that would be a massive, massive disappointment. Yeah, God, yeah, it would. But I, I can't see that happening. Please, no, God. No, Please, I God. hope not. The same false optimism as a West Ham fan as ever. But yeah. yeah, no, we should be okay. Okay, with football back after the international break, the Premier League predictions competition is back. And after predicting a 2 0 win for Liverpool today, I was fucking fuming. <laughs> When Mane scored their third in the 92nd bastard minute. I was so buzzing because oh, I, I bet I, you I, was. Because I knew you had 2 0 and I knew I had 3 1. So it was like the Chelsea game as well. She had 2 0 for that. And I was just like, literally, I mean, I was having dinner at the time, but I checked my phone and it literally popped up <laughs> Mane, 92nd minute. I was like, get in. I was so, so pleased with that. So pleased. Um, I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was watching it. Well, when they threw up, Eight minutes for fuck's sake, added time. I thought, do you know what is going to happen? They're back. Oh, yeah, did you well. see that injury? You know, no, no mate, I, I, I don't know anything about the game. I right. literally flicked over at 2 0, watched Mane score, then fucked it off. I don't know anything. 
Oh, so it was what, horrific. What happened? Was it bad? Yeah, as a young a young player, Roberts, I think his name is it, he was dribbling with the ball. Um, and the Leeds player, I mean, in fairness to the Leeds player, he kind of looked like he got the ball. I mean, I've only seen because you know, Sky didn't show a replay of it because it was so bad. They showed it once and then didn't show it again. And I've kind of seen it on, on Twitter and stuff again, but actually looks like a reasonable tackle, but he's came from behind. He's came from behind to kind of slide and win the ball. And I think he did get the ball, but I think he also took the players' legs as well. And he's and he's ankle, he's bottom of his legs just gone underneath him and bent, and it's like that horrible oh. moment, you know, when the player comes up and his foot's facing the other way or whatever. Oh, no. Yeah, it's horrific. And then Salah was the closest um player to it, and he's like going like no, 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 like like you know, going mad and getting them to stop the play and stuff. And mm. um, yeah, no, it was horrific. I mean, it's the hundred percent a leg break, hundred percent. Um, and um, yeah, it was horrific, really. So that was why it was eight minutes. Oh, bloody hell! Oh wow. Okay, yeah, that's not nice to hear. Um, but yeah. I didn't know that, but that does explain the eight minutes, obviously. Um, yeah, and it's annoying because it would have taken me above you in the league and despite beating you again this week you are still 22 points ahead of me annoyingly um and i don't know if you know this but you're currently 101st with 495 points and i'm snapping at your heels with 473 points in 129th yeah. annoying that isn't it uh, yeah well uh, pleasing for me i mean i actually i actually thought my time at the top was over this weekend but uh, <laughs> thankfully i've uh, hung on by the skin of my teeth for another for another week um but it's very very close between me and you and uh mm. yeah it's uh it's a bit a bit a um, bit worrying that i'm struggling quite a bit again um especially as the league is more predictable this season so <laughs> so i really i really have less excuses this season so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so hopefully i'll sort of shake this it's good that i've had a don't they say like the, the best teams are those that can get through sticky patches they do. Still, come, still come out on top so i've had two wobbles and i'm still top so i need to i need to just keep going and get my head down start thinking with my brain rather than my heart and uh hopefully hopefully that'll see me through well hopefully not <laughs> um, well as it stands in first place is still at BOTN League. I think that's Tom, actually, from memory. So um, good going, Tom. I think you've been there since day one, mate. Second is Dino G. Joint third is Gary Prince and at 779Dan and at Terry Lee is in fifth. So good going, lads. Um, but, I think uh, yeah, Gary Prince has done, pre- uh, done well in previous years. Yeah. I seem to recognise that, that name. So that yeah. makes me think he's done well before as well. Yeah, absolutely. So next Sunday, which is the 19th of September, it sees our next pre-match event where the special guest attending a live interactive Q&A will be Alan Devonshire. So we're going to be posting a list of patrons attending on Patreon tomorrow. So we did put out a post previously saying if you're a patron, put your name down on this list if you want to come. That was a little while ago now, so we're going to put that list on and anyone that basically wants to be a part of it but missed putting their name on the list before, you put your name on the list uh, and you'll be there. And so, you know, any issues, then do contact us on Twitter or Patreon. If you want to come, then you can be there, no problem. And it's, it's at a discounted rate if you're a patron as well. Um, if you're not a patron, then bollocks to you. We're not welcome anyway. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. You can buy your tickets via the uh, Ticket Taylor link. But like I say, any issues, just get in touch with us because you're not going to want to miss this one. It's going to be a cracking event, which will feature, quite honestly, one of the best players to have ever worn the shirt, X. Yeah, well, he's my dad's... Um... 
well, one of my dad's favourite players, whenever I ask mm. him about his uh, favourite players for West Ham, because he's probably that generation, but it's always uh, Brooklyn, Devonshire and Bonds, because um, I think he just missed out. I mean, I think he obviously did watch um, more Hurst and Peters, but that was before he was like season ticket holder. I think mm. the main ones were him, Brooklyn, Devonshire and Bonds. So, yeah, mm. like, like, I mean, guy was playing like played for England, um, won the FA Cup in 1980, was in the scene that finished third in 86, uh, described as West Ham's best ever signing because he cost five grand from non-league football. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a manager himself still, so he's still, mm. still involved in the game and stuff. And I think he, he's quite opinionated on the on the owners of the stadium and stuff. So I think, yeah, top, top. A guest and um, the event sold out for Tony Cotty, and it was it was banging a really good occasion. So hopefully, um, this will just be be just as good. I'm sure it will be. But don't forget, as the game starts at two p.m. on Sunday, this event will start at ten and finish at one, as opposed to starting at eleven and finishing at two. One usual. thing's probably worth saying as well is that the game will, will be shown in, in O'Neill's. So even if you're not going to the match, you could come to the event and then watch the game at O'Neill's. Because obviously, it's on, obviously it's on Sky, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. so you'd be able Good to point. watch it there with a load of other West Ham fans. Um, so even if you're not going to the game, it's worth coming to the event yeah well said well said and talking the same things let's see what x has to say this week to listen to the rest of this podcast you need to be a patron of the west ham way Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey dude, good to go to. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.